Last time on Relics of Ore, the role players side podcast thing that we're doing. I'm fantastic at intros. You guys had traveled to the Priory in order to learn about where you can find a ancient artifact that is in the the catacombs underneath Drachnar's Forge, which is now underneath Mount Maelstrom. You traveled there. You met one of your guys's one of the allies of Relics of Ore named Miriam Miriam Saimata, and she was able to get some maps and found a ritual that allows her and a mesmer to create a portal down into Drachnar's Forge. You guys were concerned that tra- that teleporting down into Drachnar's Forge would probably result in you dying inside of a wall, so you went and obtained a little miniature that you can send through a portal first before you guys, of course, jump through. So you have done that. That evening, then, you guys scattered to your various activities. You guys who are listening have heard the episode already where Christian goes and beats ineffectually on an enemy. As such, combat has changed significantly, and you will see how that has changed. It's a lot deadlier, I think, which is going to be awesome. And now, you guys are joining up together the morning after uh, whatever you guys did that night before. I'll go down the list and see what you guys got up to. And you guys are preparing to head out to Mount Maelstrom. So as you get there, who do you think arrives first amongst you? Last. Fight me. (laughs) I guess I'll get there first by virtue of the fact that nobody else is early. So I'm also three minutes late. (laughs) <laughs> so three minutes late, but still quite pleased with herself because, or with himself, because the early bird gets the worm. Hubert manages to stand out in front of the priory, and then over the next probably hour or so, you have you have Evie wandering down and chats with you guys. Miriam shows up. Miriam's actually probably the first one there then, since everyone was apparently late uh, waiting. And Miriam waves at you and says, "Good morning. How are you guys doing? What you? How was your evening?" Ew. Meh. Meh. <laughs> I'm just leaning on a staff. I'm just like meh. <laughs> Nima's chewing on another hawk that he found. <laughs> they seem to have quite a few at the priory. <laughs> and Alum apparently arrives, and uh, he's got just a. <laughs> Disturbing grin on his face. Uh, it was a good night. Oh, oh, says uh, Miriam with an arched eyebrow, being familiar with Alum's antics. She is, uh, yeah, and being the only woman apparently here, she's a little bit less than oppressed. Uh, so you guys, so you have been quite successful uh, in whatever endeavors apparently you guys pursued the night before. And you are going to head out. Are you guys going to travel by foot, or are you going to teleport? How? It's not that far, is it? We had a plan. Just stop. Yeah, but I don't stop. remember what the plan was. I hate walking. <laughs> teleport. 
Sure. Okay. Since it is Mount Maelstrom, you guys are probably about four or five days away if you were going to actually like walk there, because you have to go. Wait, I was like in Priory. Yeah. For some no, reason. you're you're in the Priory, so that's that's easy to get to. Are we gonna? I feel like we talked about this. I feel like we were gonna play. We were gonna do ye olden days before we had like silver when we were still thinking about how to save our coppers and we went from the priory and we took that portal down to uh straits of devastation and like walked next door because we didn't want to take waypoints because they were too expensive okay Am I that is sounding familiar that? That, that sounds quite reasonable okay so as you guys do that i need someone to roll a d6 Looks like Kate's doing something. I rolled a five. Mine's better. Okay. So uh, you guys travel. You guys see a bunch of animals and things as you are traveling. and uh, But nothing, nothing really. You don't get waylaid. And you make your way down south. Uh, you have to... There's a few places that you have to skirt some undead infestations that are still hanging out around after the cleansing of ore. Although most of those have been destroyed at this point by the pact. And you guys get down to... Let me... Mount Maelstrom. The dice shattered. Uh, so I would say don't use the uh, don't use the exploding system that they've got for, for Shadowrun. Okay, okay. Simply because... It looks like since it just keeps adding on, and I want to be able to see each individual four plus on the die. So if you just if you roll a max die number, then just re-roll. Except for yeah, there like yeah, that, like that. Showing that okay, perfect. Separate. That is separate for everyone. Oh, cool. If you do exploding separate, that's the result oh. you get. Well, there you go. Perfect. That'll do. look up where you're going so you travel you go past from this from the where you guys enter you travel down past ancient ruins along through the jungle you go past a large quite large actually uh volcano and dodge a few destroyers make your way south avoid some inquest you're actually quite successful at this the pact has has established a fairly strong presence at this point in the region and you then eventually make your way across the uh, across. There's no T in that word. Across the Bentic kelp beds, up into the Whiteland Flats in the far, in sort of the far east region, just to the east of where the sunken Drachnar's Forge is. And as you are there, you get into the hills. And it's a little bit dustier there than it than it was in the rest of the region. There's still some swampiness down in some lowlands off to your east. But uh, as you look over the ruins of Drachnar, you eventually find a place with the equipment that that Miriam has that that pings, telling you that you've reached the location that you are looking for. This takes about takes about two days to cross through the entire region. And so as you get there, she begins setting up. What are you guys going to do? It is, you are on sort of a hillside overlooking the 
the area where Drachnar's Forge has sunken underwater. You, it's dirty. There's some elementals wandering around, and down you can see a few miles away. If you get up on top of a hill, you can see an inquest facility where they are doing something. Is anyone familiar with that facility? Not at all. No, probably not. All right. So if your characters have never never interacted with that, then then you see them, but you know they they leave you alone. You leave them alone. Uh, you can see that one or two of them, like well, there's a few of them that come and scout you out, but seeing that you're not you're not interested in them, they uh, they acknowledge your presence and make sure that you see them, so that you know that they know that you know that they know that you know that they're there. <laughs> On a side note, that uh, is actually the one dungeon that Evie has not been in and completed. Well, there you go. Hubert's, Fun fact. So Hubert uh, has his head spun around looking at them to know, <laughs> let them know that I know that they know that I know that they know that I'm watching them. Um, can Nima is going to take advantage of his mountain man survival skills. Can I start uh, stalking some... Uh, woodland wildlife and try and scrounge some food together. Sure. Some fresh food as opposed to the stingy rations he's been chomping on for the past couple of days. Yes, yes you may. Go ahead and roll a... Uh... In this case, since you're going to be hunting, let's go ahead and roll a physical... Physical finesse, since you're going to be stalking and sneaking up on things, and you can add your your advantage from your background. Cool. So I have a three in physical finesse, and I have a rank two in mountain man, so I get four d6, uh, d8s. You get your, your rank two in mountain... Oh, yeah. Yes, you would get... Yes, you would get four, because you have one degree of advantage. Cool. So you got, and I got a two, a three, a seven, and a one. Okay, so you're you're reasonably successful. You've hunted before. You're experienced, and while the game isn't particularly great, it's mostly elementals. There are a few skelk wandering around, so you're able to finally find one of those guys, and or actually scale, not skelk. Uh, so you find some scale. There's there's a few rabbits and various large insects. Which which of those would you prefer to hunt? Any, any mammals, scale, or insects? Um, I think uh, being adventurous, Nima is going to go for a, a scout. All right, so you manage to pursue one of the skelk or the scales and uh, get it alone, and you chuck your spear into it, and you do successfully actually manage to bring back a scale. It's not the biggest scale, but it's, it, it is, you have successfully brought one. And you, so you haul it back to camp, and everyone is sitting there. Miriam has been spending most of her time along with, who's, who's doing the portal with, uh, who's going to actually cast the portal? Uh, it, it was me, I believe. Okay. All right, yeah. so... Okay. She has been spending time sketching out a circle in the ground and doing some reinforcing and magics and that sort of thing, along with Hubert. Uh, and that takes about a day or so. So you come back and cook that over the fire. It is quite fishy. 
And as you you cook it, it's sort of it's it's stringy. It's a very weird sort of meat. It's almost like it's it's like eating a frog in many ways. For those of you in our audience who have eaten frog before, so it's it's like a very yeah. rubbery it, chicken. It, yes, Evie. Evie bites it, and he's just like, "You cooked this wrong." Do you want to try and uh, try and help him out with the cooking, Evie? No, he's too lazy for that. He's just <laughs> gonna come. He's gonna do what? Mm. He's gonna sit there and complain about it, but he's still gonna eat it. Name is. I just looks at him with a big grin on his face, chomping away because he's quite content with his efforts and his cooking. He doesn't mind one bit. So the cool breeze of the of the seaside air settles in over you guys, and the night comes. There it is, a clear night, beautiful stars in the sky. You can see on the horizon the fire of the volcano. So the lava just flows that come up out of it, and it is a very picturesque setting. And occasionally off to your north, you see some lightning go shooting off and uh, and a dull explosion as the Inquest are doing whatever it is the Inquest do. And you guys settle in for the night, and how are you guys going to spend the night? Do we have some sleeping rolls, bed rolls? You probably brought bedrolls and, and gear for camping since you knew you'd be out here for a few days and you knew you'd be hiking across Mount Maelstrom. And there's not a lot of inns in Mount Maelstrom. There's forts and stuff where you could pro- where you probably crashed one or two nights on your way across, but for the most part, you would have been expecting to camp. Well, I guess uh, Nima will stoke the fire for a wee while and take first watch. So to speak, just in case there's anything that comes out at night in Mount Maelstrom. Yeah, who will take second watch since he's a bit of a night owl? Because ah, <laughs> he is actually an owl. Nice. Okay, <laughs> so Christian, go ahead and roll a d6 and then roll your f- either your physical perception or mental attentiveness. Have Nima do that. Um, mental being uh, mental, yeah, same. mental perception. perception. Sorry, I, okay. I'll go physical because I have three okay. in that. Uh, I presume I can't use Mountain Man again. Yeah, you can if you want, since you're familiar okay. with sort of. This isn't really mountainous territory, but you're used with well, keeping an eye out. Yeah, it's general survival. I'll let you use that. Uh, especially if I'm specialized in stalker, I have a keen eye, I guess. Wait, sorry, hold on. Nima, the loudest person we've ever met, specializes in stalking. <laughs> <laughs> That's what was in the that was what was in the rule book when <laughs> when we roll characters. Okay. There wasn't much else to choose from. So So the funny thing is about Nima is that normally he's really, really loud, but when he goes off to hunt or do something on his own when no one's around and there's no alcohol involved, he's really weirdly quiet. Like he gets super focused. On hunting. Okay, uh, go ahead and roll a d6. Ah, oh, whoops.
Okay. I got it. So Ooh. you sit by the fire and you look out and you watch and your your watch is actually pretty pretty nominally boring. There's not a lot going on. You see some animals wander in and sniff at the edges sort of the firelight, but they're non-aggressive. They're just more curious about, "Eh, what's this on this hillside?" And then they wander off. There's it's no no large groups of scale come running in to attack you and vomit over everything with their horrible poison vomit. And you you pass your watch quite quite relaxedly actually. It's quite pleasant. It's a very nice night. Alright. Um at the end of uh a sufficient period of time, Nima gets up and uh walks over to Hubert and he's not quite sure, because being a little unfamiliar with Tengu, uh where to like he's a bit socially awkward, like where to touch him to wake him up, so he kind of pokes his beak with his spear. <laughs> To try and wake him up. Uh, Hubert's eyes fly open. He doesn't say anything, but he just gives uh, the scowl of a lifetime. Nima, Nima would feel it in his soul. <laughs> Nima sort of jumps back a bit and looks like a bit like a chided, a chided, chided kid. But uh, Hubert, you're up. All right then. Uh, do I have to roll? Yeah, go ahead and okay. same thing as uh, Christian. Roll a d6 first. Christian rolled it in reverse, but that's okay. All right, roll. Okay, good. And then go ahead and roll your attentiveness or, or sorry, your your mental or physical perception, whichever one you feel is more appropriate for your character. Oh no, what a choice. <laughs> do, I ro- do I roll 3d8s or do I roll 4d4? <laughs> I'd roll the d8s. Having played this a lot now at this point, I'd roll the d8s. Just wait until it's my turn. Okay, I forgot to put in all this stuff because I haven't done this for a long time. Okay. Is that... that works. Okay, so you you spend a fairly good evening. Uh, you don't really notice anything out of the ordinary. You, you're mostly looking at the fire, which is kind of cool. You're not necessarily super attentive to everything that's going on, but you're, you're attentive enough that nothing wanders too close to the camp. And then... Do I hear any birds? You don't, which is not unusual because it's nighttime and most birds are roosting. There's not a lot of owls in this region. <sighs> so, it's, it's actually rather quiet. Although, then as it gets on, well, actually, you, you, you won't hear any more birds, you hear birds until very early morning, probably around like five in the morning is when birds would start waking up. But you, you have take, taken the midnight shift. There are a few bats, though. You do notice some bats sort of uh, skitter through the air, flap about. I don't like talking to bats. I mean, they're cool and all, but we can't hoot at each other. It's true. <laughs> any fun. Okay, so then uh, as your as your shift rolls to an end, uh, who was going next? Okay. Okay. Um, I'm going to to go wake Evie up, but I'm going to put my face very very close to his and <laughs> sort of tap him awake. 
Why? Good morning. <laughs> and by morning, I mean two o'clock. Have fun. And then I'm just going to go to sleep. <laughs> I'm just going to go off in my corner and start going to sleep. A strange owl. <laughs> okay. Evie, startled out of his knickers, because I'm old timey, is going to go sit on this rock and be very perceptive. What do I need okay. to roll? A D6 roll a D6 first? first. Okay. Oh boy. <laughs> All right. That's a one. That is a one. So go ahead and roll whatever perception is best for you, except for magic, because this is not a magic perception See, roll. See, this is where I might actually save the day, but who knows? Okay. Okay. So that's quite a dice pool. As you sit there watching everything, you uh, you see your campsite and you're looking around and you can see silhouettes of of elementals wandering in and out. And as it rolls around to three o'clock after your first hour of watch or so, you look down and you notice that there is a interesting sort of haze over the over the ruins of Drachnar's Forge, and you can see sort of a glowing haze with some... With what looks like skittering or gliding across the water, you can see some ghosts down there. Some dwarven ghosts just just moving around. They're not doing anything. They're not, they're not attacking anything. They just sort of are drifting there. And then as the sun continues to rise up and it moves into early morning... They they just along with the glowing sort of mist they fade away, and it's a beautiful sight to see them just just there passive existing. Uh, a bit unusual because generally spirits tend to enter into the soil when they die in Tyria and and are interred with the bodies in eternal rest. Although occasionally, you know, if you're a human, for example, you will occasionally have your soul plucked out by Grenth or any of his any of his servants and pulled to the underworld where you settle anew. But for creatures like dwarves and pretty much any other creature that doesn't have a deity that interacts with the spirit after death, you settle into a restful slumber. So there is an element of unrestfulness amongst amongst the dwarves of Drachnar's Forge, it seems. Or at least these ones. And so this makes Evie very uncomfortable. <laughs> he he doesn't like spirits. Well, doesn't like isn't the proper word. It's more like he's just incredibly uncomfortable. And it shows. So by the time the sun is starting to come up, he's waking everyone up. Probably by shooting a round off on his rifle into the air. <laughs> Holy crap. <laughs> Bang! You guys all yes. hear a, a rifle shot in your sleep. Uh, go ahead and roll physical perception. And how how heavy of sleepers are you guys? Well, uh, <laughs> Nima slept naturally as opposed to alcohol-induced, so he's pretty light given his normal sleeping style. 
What are we rolling? Actually, you don't need to roll perception. If you're a light sleeper, that's fine. I'm going to let you guys hear that because it's a rifle. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Okay, I was more under the impression that we were rolling for what happened, <laughs> how scared we were. I'll let, I'll let you guys uh, I'll let you guys decide that on your own. So, okay, so you hear a rifle shot. Okay. What do you guys do? Uh, Nima just jumps out ready for action, grabs his spear, and starts charging away from the camp, <laughs> and shouting, For great justice! Alum, what do you do? I just... Dare it like what the hell, dude? Sleep? Ghosts. Um after seeing nothing, uh Hubert kind of sits up, looks around, sees nothing, and says, I demand an explanation. Ghosts <laughs> Can uh Nima have a quick look to see if he can see anything nearby that might have <laughs> Caused someone to respond. Okay, react. Uh, go ahead. He's looking for something yeah, to attack. Yeah, go ahead and roll physical perception. This is going to be your well, or mental perception, whichever one you want there, because this will be your ability to just sort of perceive what's going on around you. Okay, so I got three successes. You get up. You bolt out of the. You bolt out of camp. Away. You're looking around, and as you're standing there, a, a bush nearby you rustles a little bit. All right, uh, I'm just going to chuck my spear at the bush. The spear enters the bush, and you hear a... And that is... as you What? As you well know, that is the sound of a dying rabbit. You have successfully defended yourself from a small, lop-eared rabbit. So Nima bends over, uh, rummages into the bush, sees the uh, impaled rabbit, and uh, picks it up, turns back to the camp, waves it around, and goes, Look! Breakfast! <laughs> Miriam, at this point, is, is waking up. She's looking around. She's got... Uh, there's a little bit of fire around her hands, and she's like, What is going on? She looks at Evie. What, what in the world is happening? I heard... Why are you shooting? What's happening? Are we under attack? He just looks at her, wide-eyed. Ghosts. <laughs> oh, oh, ghosts. Oh, she says. We might. Oh, we could. Hmm. She goes and uh, rummages through her backpack and pulls out uh, uh, some notes and starts scribbling in, in, in her notebook about the uh, about the potential of ghosts. She's like, where did you see the ghosts? He just points in a direction and he's like, they looked like really short, stubby humans. Okay, that was that's probably so. It was down there over Drakenar's Forge. Uh, what were they doing? Can you describe what sort of things they were? They were what sort of actions they were taking? He looks very intrigued by this. He just leans in real close. They were being ghosts. <laughs> I'm. Can you can you elaborate? I mean, what what is the being a ghost? What does that mean to you? She says that she's like scribbling notes and she's like dictation of notes from Evenus as she's you can see her writing that down in New Crichton. He proceeds to like put his hands up in the thriller motion kind of 
get up on one leg and it's like ghosts. <laughs> she uh does a quick sketch of your your position and uh then writes in large new Crichton letters ghosts. <laughs> And then she writes further review necessary underneath. Uh, at which point she says, "Okay, well, are they are they still there?" She's looking. She looks down. I don't. I don't see anything down there. Did they? Did they? Did they leave? How did they? How did they leave? They. They just like ghosted. They just vanished. Ah. Okay. And was there a particular like reason that it seemed that they decided to leave, or that they did they were they forced to leave? Did they? What did you what did you see with that? How they how did they like? Daylight. Oh, okay. She scribbles down a few more notes. That's good to know. All right. So, so the the shotgun was absolutely necessary if they were already leaving. Is what you're telling us? I had to make sure. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, and you're all awake at the same time. Everyone, it everyone, worked. go ahead and roll f- uh, mental attentive or mental perception. I have none. Oh my goodness, Hubert! So while all of this is going on, you don't even need to roll again. That's that's five successes just inherent. Oh, good work on uh, exploding that, Christian. Uh, so as uh, as you're standing there, Hubert, and everyone's talking, you are doing your typical head rotating thing where you're just looking all around, and you see up mm-hmm. on the hillside that a group of Azura have gathered or are gathering and they're looking down at you through some uh through some telescopes watching you and uh they see you turn and look at them and they head turn specifically. Yeah, they see your head turned around <laughs> and I mean you're a bird person but you I mean you can't get details but you can see that they sort of now know that you know that they're there and they sit down and a few of them have rifles but they're they're mostly just sitting there waiting it doesn't look like they're they're taking any aggressive action more so than more so than Evie did when he shot a rifle in the air <laughs> uh it seems we've attracted some unwanted attention and i'd sort of gesture to the the inquest people so can i look through the scope of my rifle to see exactly how many yes hubert is like (laughs) as soon as you start putting up hubert's gonna slap it down and be like let's not be hasty we don't want them to even think that you're trying anything ixnay the eiffel ray (laughs) (laughs) what was that for want to see look look with your special eyes just go sit back down on the rock he was on okay rifle next to him and starts petting it miriam uh (laughs) oh you're petting the rock 
the, the right my oh, rifle because she slapped oh, it poor rifle poor rifle mcrifle face so as you sit down and you're petting the rifle uh miriam says well i suppose i suppose we should get to work and uh finish this up we're attracting probably way more attention than we would have liked she says glancing over at evie and uh starts getting back to work with hubert and she asks uh, she looks at everyone else and says while we're working on this can you make sure that uh, that the inquest isn't isn't up to anything or if they do come this way don't please don't just shoot them maybe try and talk to them first uh, before before I go with Miriam, I grab Alum and Nima, and I said, um, "Maybe it would behoove us to throw them off our trail a bit by creating some illusionary distractions." And I know one of you is good at illusions, and one of you is good at distractions. So maybe if you can go be loud somewhere else and draw them off our tail, and then I'm gonna go help mm-hmm. Miriam with whatever she needs. Okay, so it's about it's going to be probably another two or three hours before you guys finish the 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 ritual circle that you'll need in order to complete this task. So how are you guys? So what are you guys going to do with the inquest? Well, uh, Nemo, he was going to try and it's in the morning. He's slept rough. He's feeling a bit uh, creaky, despite his young age. He's a big guy, so big muscles uh, seizing up overnight. He needs to limber up a bit, so he starts doing some stretches, trying to look really intimidating towards the inquest on the hill and takes a nice deep breath in as well and deep breath out and a deep breath in, opens his mouth and starts to work on some vocal exercises as well. And I guess uh, upon Hubert's suggestion, he slowly starts uh, moving off away from the camp uh, and continuing his his kind of stretching and vocal exercises away to uh, I don't know a particular direction. <laughs> okay, so you guys are setting your your setting up the ritual circle sort of in the middle of a hill. If you guys actually see the uh, are you guys on the map? Can you see sort of the area? It's all black. Feel all of it to you. Sport, sport, sport. Do you see it now? We still have the darkness. No, I only see my token. Okay. I don't even see that. I don't see any tokens. Yeah, I just see a black square. How about... I can move myself. Good. Oh, you know what? I bet I have the lighting weird. Hello and welcome to... Technical difficulties, the show about something that's completely not related to Guild Wars. <laughs> yeah, tick diff- I, I can't remember their... Uh, there we go. Cool. 
Pics. Picture. Well, you choose a random uh, Wikipedia page and uh, that these guys can't see, and they have to guess uh, what it's about. I love technical difficulties. Is that a show? Oh, yeah, yeah, it's, it's a great. podcast. Yeah. I'm gonna have to look one. this up. Okay, so you guys, as you can see, you uh, if uh, you are familiar with Guild Wars, this is a screenshot captured from a glider as I glided over Mount Maelstrom. Oh, nice. And so this is, so you are actually north, the up is south, and down is north. Because that's how I roll. Oh, no. <laughs> you, Pirates of the Caribbean music! Clearly you've never been to guild missions with me, because north is forward and south is the opposite of forward. Well, down <laughs> is forward, then. All right, so where are the inquests? So the inquests are to your north, so they will not be on. They are not currently on the map. They are far enough away that you cannot okay. see them. They on this map, but you can see them because they are up on a hill. So if you are familiar with Mount Maelstrom, there is a place just north of the Silvari base, the Silvari town, which you guys pass through on your way here, where there is sort of, where there's a mountains to the south and there are mountains to the north that eventually lead up into the, the dungeon, the inquest dungeon there. And there is sort of a pass that goes from the sunken Drachnars up a ways and then into sort of a swampy area. And you're in that area, you're in that pass between the swamp and the water and the mountains. And so you are sort of in the lower area. So heading east, you end up in a swamp. Heading west, you go downhill into the water. Well, I guess Nima's uh, going to traipse off into the swamp because that's probably a good place to try and cause distractions. Okay. How, Per, how will you... Distracted the inquest. Hmm. I'm still trying to figure that okay. out. So you you're watching them. I'll let you think about that for a bit. Eventually, Nima, as you're wandering into the swamp and and exploring, you hear a sound off to your north, and you see that there are three. They're they're clearly not trying to hide. There are three inquests walking your way, and these inquests are Azura, which for those of a, those of our audience who are not familiar with Azura, Azura are diminutive. They are generally about two to three feet tall. They have a large floppy ears. They are reptilian in nature, although they do have hair, which is unusual. And these Azura, all three are wearing caps, and they are dressed as inquest, and they come up to you, and the leader says, Hello, my name is Blort, and I am wondering, what are you doing here? Now, it should be noted that being a Norn, he, uh, Nima, is yeah, roughly four to five times taller than, bigger than these guys. Like, you are massive compared to these Azura. Yeah, uh, Nima's eight foot nine, so if they're two foot tall, he's towering over. All right, uh, so Nima um, kind of squats down in front of them to try to break the height difference a little, but it doesn't do a lot, I guess, uh, and says to them, 
Spirits, greetings to you. What a fine day it is to be out in the wild. Indeed. Fine. In the wild. Ugh. He looks down at the muck underneath his uh, underneath his very nice boots. They're well oiled. He's got a very nice clean shirt, but there's like and clothing, but there is a little bit of stain and he sort of flicks some mud off of his shirt and says, I su- yes, a wonderful day to be out in the wild. I'm wondering, what are you doing here? We heard a rifle shot this morning and came to investigate and we didn't see any combat or any animals aside from a rabbit that you had been cooking and we are wondering what what is going on are you here to spy on us what are what are you doing quick question yes would evie have noticed the asura going up to nima uh because if he would have i would have started to walk over there is how far away from camp did you walk nima mm. Well, it depends how long it took for them to notice, because Nemo was just striding away okay. doing his thing, so it so, depends how, how so far he got. It's been about, it takes going. about an hour for them to, to, to meet up with you. So how far into the swamp would he be at that point? Uh, I, let's say I wasn't just booking it for an hour. <laughs> um, he probably went a, a good, I don't know, maybe five minutes into the swamp uh, and then started turning around. Uh, arcing around where the inquests were perched on the hill to maybe come come around and try and keep their attention focused on the noise in the swamp. Yeah. So yeah, I guess five minutes away All from right. camp. Uh, that's going to be... It's thick enough in the swamp that Evie wouldn't be able to see if he unless he went with Nima or was following Nima. So... Okay. Yeah. So you and so. you and Alum are back at camp. Alum might be throwing out a few illusions to be doing stuff. Maybe doing some fireworks. And... Okay, so no one, no, yeah. Yes. yes. I have a question. So all the illusions that I have are like, they cause, they attack. So in this case, those are battle skills, but you as a mesmer can create illusions to do whatever you want that's not combat. Like there is plenty of narrative illusions you can create. So think ah, of the skills, okay. the Guild Wars skills, as specific abilities that you have trained to be able to use under the duress of combat. And you still have access to the full breadth of Mesmer capabilities outside of <laughs> combat. And you also have more time to like weave the magic and make it nice and fancy and that sort of thing. So you can actually do more out of combat than you can do in combat. Uh, for example, let's say you uh... are interrogating someone and you are a mesmer i'm perfectly okay with you being like i'm gonna use some mind magic on this guy and just mess with him until he tells me what i want to know and yeah you can totally do that even if you're not like an illusionist specialization or something like that you can still totally do things like that in fact i'd probably allow low level telepathy between mesmers because the brains Oh, okay. So, as long as you guys can make a strong <laughs> argument for why your character has that specific capability outside of combat, I'm going to let you guys be fairly well. At this point, you guys are pretty well trained. I would say that you, the way I have you, I, the way I've given you guys skills and abilities at this point, you're pretty close to like level 15 from Guild Wars 1, which I guess would be like a level 60 something mesmer at this point. If we're gonna go Guild Wars two, so you're you're skilled. You're not necessarily like a master of your craft yet, but you're quite good. 
Uh, okay. So Nima uh, is talking with the Asura and he says, well, if you saw ghosts and Evie shot his gun and then everyone woke up and I saw a rabbit and I was hungry. So I threw my spear at the rabbit and then we had the rabbit for breakfast and then you guys were up on the hill and some of my friends were like, they look a little shady. So, oh wait, uh, and now I'm here in the swamp. I see. Uh, shady. Also, was your friend antagonizing the ghosts? We have found that it is best generally not to antagonize the ghosts. You're not here to stir up trouble with them, are you? We have gone to some trouble to make sure that they do not interfere with our with our experiments. No, he, he's just a soft spirit. Uh, they, they trouble him, the ghosts. I see. Well, let's travel back to your camp. Let me inspect it very quickly. This is, of course, our land, and we would prefer to make sure that people here are not doing anything that would make our lives more difficult or endanger our experiments. How far away are we from there? Uh, you're facility? about 10 miles. I mean, you're pretty far away, but... So how is uh, are you land? with uh, Nima at this point? Yeah, I don't know. I did you no did idea. you go with Nima? <laughs> did you follow Nima? Okay, probably not. It's swampy <laughs> out right, there. So, <laughs> so you think that uh, idly to yourself as you sit by the campfire <laughs> with your illusions dancing around, uh, creating some All cover. Right. Uh, well, if you want to come to the camp, uh, I'll show you the way. The the swamp's pretty dense. Uh, and you could get easily lost, you know, you can barely see over the mud, so uh, I'll make sure that we go the right way. And uh, Nima just starts walking in a uh, northerly direction. Okay. Uh, the Azura pulls out a little device, pokes it a little bit, looks at you, raises an eyebrow, but follows. So what are you are you just going to lead them around in circles for a while? Yeah, I I guess uh I have at least the understanding that I probably shouldn't lead them stray back to camp while there's something magical going on although Nima doesn't quite uh understand what the problem would be that his job was to distract the inquest so he's going to distract the inquest. After he's been gone for more than like an hour and a half well, he's gone. He's been gone at this point. He's been gone for like an hour and five minutes, so not quite an hour and a half yet. An oh, yeah, hour? you wandered. You've want. Where did where did you, the hour? You spent happen? an hour walking away and. Oh, I'm doing oh, yeah, it for been, an hour. You've been wandering around outside, yelling and doing voice act actions for like an hour before they made contact would, with you. Ah, uh, so I walked for five minutes and then was just doing stretches and well, shouting you, for an I, hour. I suspect you were probably <laughs> wandering around the swamp like. Doing stuff, making it like, what's he doing in the swamp? And you're just sort of wandering around doing <laughs> okay, things. Okay, cool. Uh, so they've... That's a lot longer yeah. than I thought. But hey, if that worked, then oh, <laughs> excellent. They, uh, so, so, while, so you've done that, and then after an hour, they made contact with you. And now it's been like two or three minutes since you made contact with them. So okay. as you're wandering, 
before uh, Evie can get there, if, are you going to go look for him at this point, Evie? Yeah, I'm going to get into my little dash stance and be like, he's been gone way too long. I'm going to poke Alum and be like, hey, hey, we should probably go check on him. Okay, and he has stopped uh, shouting at this point, which you you were able to hear him because he was only five minutes away, so... I take a break from trying to coordinate with my illusions in a dance ensemble. The Azura which is probably what I was enjoying doing. it. I approve. Okay, so you guys are, yeah. are as you guys head into the forest uh, around you guys. So are you just booking ahead of Alan then, Evie? Okay, so yes. you book in and uh, into the forest or into the swamp, and it doesn't take you long to find him. It's he's he's pretty obvious. He's trying not to be unobvious either, so he's easy enough to track. And you run up, and he's being followed by three Azura, one of which is looking at a little little square device in his hand and frowning and grumbling. Can I try to perceive what that device is using sure. engineering? Okay, how exactly do you want me to roll that? Okay, so you have a pretty good view of it. He's not trying to hide it because he just assumes most people wouldn't understand it. So I would take a mental finesse and add your engineering because you're basically looking at You can see it, but you have to figure out what it is from your experiences. So that's going to be mental finesse because you, you have not been trained in this device probably. Did you learn engineering from the Order of Whispers? Yes. Uh, use mental power if that's better. Okay. It's not. <laughs> uh, is he, like, sneaking up behind us? Are you sneaking? Or are you just booking oh, in there, yeah. Evie? Evie. I'm, you... I'm booking in there. So, Alright, so Nima will, like, notice him fairly soon okay. or now? So yeah. he, a Norm right, busts so out from, Nima the, noticed... from the swamp. Uh, Nima turns turns to Evie and uh, waves at him. Oh, hi, Evie! The uh, the Azura take a step back as you burst out of uh, out of the bushes. And they're like, ah. one of them uh, one of them fingers pulls out a uh, pulls out a little uh, looks like a pistol of some kind, an energy pistol. Points it at you warily. Before uh, then, he hears uh, Nima's friendly. Remark and puts it down, but sort of keeps his hand near it. And blood. Look, I found three little guys, and I've been showing them the swamp. Blort looks at you and says, Ah, the uh, skittish one, scared of ghosts, I see. Not scared, just wary. Ah, wary, I see. Well, if you could uh, maybe try shooting at them less, it's generally a bad practice to shoot at ghosts. <laughs> oh, I wasn't shooting at them. I just wanted to wake everyone up at once. Ah, I see. Well, there are other ways to do that, you know. Like, you can you can poke people. It does make us somewhat wary when someone just starts randomly shooting into the air nearby our facility.
Am I there? Uh, he moved really I, I fast. look at him confused when he says nearby facility, and I'm just like, what? up north <laughs> we have a facility, and it has very sensitive experiments, and we try to ensure that there are not too many people within its vicinity, just in case for security reasons and safety of anyone else that may, if there is an issue. I'm certain that you are familiar with Tholmanova Reactor and the tragedy that happened there, and we just want to make sure that nothing like that happens again. And some of our experiments can be quite volatile, and so we try and maintain a significant perimeter around our facility. Sounds like he just described our group. What? He... Yeah, you guys are delicate experiments. <laughs> no, vo- volatile. He turns and looks at you as you. <laughs> <laughs> he he looks at you. It says pardon, and then you explain, and he's and he's like ah. I... He still looks. He still looks at you confused because he's an Azura, and humor is weird to them. And he says, "I suppose so." Well. If uh, you're doing anything too volatile, please remember where you are and try not to. In fact, why are you here? Evie kneels uh, down. Nima goes, shh, shh, shh. Evie's going to kneel down and just be like, we're just looking for something interesting. That's it. And how are you going about that? I see that you're wandering through swamps and... Some of you are spending time Nemo out. Nemo crouches down and interrupts them again. He goes, "At this point, Guys, uh, quiet." At, at, at this point, I'm just gonna like lightly tap him on the face, be like, "Please stop," <laughs> just without actually saying it. Just be like, give him a look. <laughs> Blurt. Uh, Nemo looks as though he. Uh, has seen something, he's crouched down, he's trying to motion everyone to be quiet, and then he just turns and looks at everyone and goes, quick, this way, and dashes off into the the west. Hoping that everyone will follow because of his uh, urgent uh, behavior. Okay, let's see. Uh, Go ahead and roll a mental charisma to see if you can convince them uh, of what's happening. Am I able to read anything on that device the user is holding? That's three ones well, and this is a not three. a crit fail. Uh, you cannot read anything. Evie, you are not quite sure what the device is as well. You've, I mean, there's, there seems to be a bunch of like, uh, lines on it and some dots, but that's about all you can see. So you're even with Tyrian linguistics um, background. No, you can't because it is encoded. It is written in a yeah. language that you gotcha. actually go ahead and roll mental power, and, or no, roll mental finesse and add advantage for your linguistics. Let's see if you can, uh, on the fly, extrapolate the general gist of what's going on on that thing. So, mental finesse yeah. plus so it should be whatever... Yep, okay, go 46. for it. 46. It is in a Zura coat that is... Uh, that is 
three ones, man. That's always that's well, worse guys. Than three. Three no ones one's real four ones yet, so that's good. Uh, crit fails are harder to do now. So you uh, you look at the device, but it is written in some Azuran code that you have never seen before. This guy's running probably three or four ciphers deep, and if his brain is able to di- to disentangle it, that's respect to that guy. Uh, he he apparently knows what he's looking at, but you you can't really tell. And he is also looking fairly fairly bemused, actually, as Nima darts off into the underbrush of the swamp, shakes his head, and turns to uh, turns to Evie uh, and says, "So, how about you take me back to your camp now? He's been leading me in circles for five minutes, and it's really." I I am a patient, Azura. I can wait. I understand that sometimes Actually, bureaucracy... that looks kind of important. So I'm going to go run after him. I'm going to run off, and I want to do a slightly sneaky action. Okay, what do you want to do? Um, as I run off in my urgency to follow my friend, I want to, quote, drop some frost ammo. Okay. So that it kind of goes poop right where they are and what's the Uh, goal what are you trying to accomplish with this to get it to affect them (laughs) okay so you're gonna try and like to slow them down like detonate ice ammo on them (laughs) Uh, who that probably the azura Azura. three azura but make it but as an accident okay um all right so go ahead and roll hmm. okay so i'm gonna let you successfully drop those in a fumbling manner uh so so you drop some of your frost ammo it it clatters into the ground hits the hits the water and then just sort of freezes the water over and it goes around their legs and they're like "Ah!" one of them gets stuck because it freezes the entire puddle that he's in. Uh, but now you're going to have to convince him that it was an accident. So roll uh, mental charisma. Because you've got to use your words, Evie, to convince them. I, but it, I'm just running away at this point. But okay. You have to, when you... when yeah, you up- I feel... Wasn't he trying to do more sleight of hand hey! type thing? So... Or, you know, just take those exploding successes. Yeah. So, okay, so what happens is uh, while you are running away, uh, you you turn back and you're like, and you see what happens, and in your, and your face just expresses this, oh, crap, <laughs> what? Oh, I am so sorry. I need, I, I'll be, I'm so sorry. And you just book off, and he's like, what? Blort turns to uh, to Alum and says, "Well, I can see what you mean by needing a lot of space and being volatile." He looks down at the ice around his feet and sighs and reaches into uh, in reaches into his coat and pulls out a wand and taps it a few times and points it at the ground and fire sort of spurts at the end and then spurts out and he just starts melting the ice. It's like this is. Fairly well made ammo. How? Where did? Where do you? Where does he buy this? He says to he. He asks you, Alum. 
As I'm running off, I'm just like, I make it! How are, at which point, one of the Azura shouts, How are you so incompetent then? As they're all, like, slowly drying themselves, or melting themselves out of this ice that has frozen their feet in place. And Blort is is just exasperated, but he's weirdly just calm and just doesn't seem to care. Like, this man is a bureaucrat to the core, to the extent of which he's just like, "Ah, at least he didn't try and kill us. So he turns to uh, you, Alam, and says, all right, when I get out of this, can you just take me back to camp? You'll find more of this. Yes, I think I really do. I'm trying to do... uh... Oh, oh nice. Charisma, persuasion, just like, seriously. Okay, go for it. Go ahead this. and roll uh, mental charisma. Seriously. Okay, while well, she rolls that, I'm going to be dashing back to camp to warn Hubert and Miriam that there are Asura coming. Okay. All right. Okay, so you just sort of look at him. Okay, that's, oh, that's three fours. So that's actually, uh, that's an extra success. That's four successes. Good job. So you look at him and just give him this, you express it in such a way that he looks down at at the ice around his feet and then just sighs very well. As long as you maintain your perimeter distance, you're really kind of on the edge of the territory that we try and keep the perimeter at. I suppose if you do not infringe upon our land anymore, then we can leave you to your business and you leave us to yours. His One of his feet gets out, he wiggles the foot around, and... uh and size, and then as they finally get free of the ice, he does a little finger flippy thing in the air where he spins it around and points north again, and he's like, let's go. <sighs> we have to write so much paperwork about this. And he trundles off into the swamp. And, uh, yeah. So he has left, and now you guys are alone in the swamp. Nima, how far do you go into the swamp? Uh, he very quickly noticed that his attempts to lead everyone off on a merry goose chase uh, were unsuccessful. Um, so he was just sort of hanging just out of sight uh, in earshot uh, and becomes uh, traipsing back towards Alum uh, once the inquest have wandered off. Let's head back to camp. All right. Uh, uh, how how far are we along in the port? Okay, at this point, you probably have about forty five minutes left. Okay. So you guys, you guys all head back to camp, and it's it's probably about ten in the morning at this point, and you guys have had breakfast, you've interacted with some Azura, and finally, you finish off the portal, and or the ritual. And Miriam begins to do her dowsing. There's a moment where it looks like several of the uh, several of the elementals turn that are wandering around turn and they look down at you. They just sort of stare for a second as Miriam does her dowsing and she's like, "Make sure that they don't get any closer." She douses. Yes. Um. In in the 45 minutes while that was still taking place, I wanted to just kind of circle the camp 
where this is happening just to see if there was any uh what's the word i'm looking for like not spy but like just to make sure there's no no devices or anything that could be okay looking yeah at, surveillance like, equipment surveillance? okay uh, yes. go ahead and yes, yes, yes. roll your mental perception this is going to be paying this isn't just this is like thing seeing things that are meant to be disguised and that's definitely mental perception Bam. okay nice so all right you find things you find uh you find a few devices that are sort of scattered you actually roll mental finesse really quick let's see if you see any patterns in the way that they're laid out Okay, good. So as you're looking around and you you start finding them, you notice that they're not centered around your camp in any way, but that there is a sort of regularity to these Azuran devices. And as you look, you realize that they sort of form a line that goes down towards the coast. Uh, They're under rocks. Some of them are made to look like rocks. And you sort of notice that there's a line. And you guys are pretty much like just on the inside of this line of listening devices. And so it looks like what has happened is you guys crossed a line and that's why the Azura showed up and started checking you out. Had you gone like a hundred feet earlier and stopped and camped and done all your stuff, they probably wouldn't have noticed you or they might have, but they might not have come out because you weren't crossed into whatever line demarcation that they had set up of listening devices. So you do, and it's mostly some of it is, some of it seems to just be uh, noticing movement. There's a lot of movement type stuff in there. uh, As far as just like light lenses and stuff, you're not seeing anything that looks like microphones. You're, you're reasonably familiar with that technology ish. Although it can be hard to tell with, with Magitech because they don't use standard formatting but you look at it 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 seems it doesn't seem like it was placed around you guys it just seems like it's it's just there intrinsically what would you like to do with them when you find them uh just i guess take note of where they are i don't have i don't feel i have the mechanical know-how to deal with these Okay. All right. But I'll take that information okay. back and tell people who can. Evie, you being an engineer, when she starts describing what she found and sort of talk and talk about it and the and the pattern that she saw, you understand that this is probably just a tracking line, and that messing with it is probably going to cause more problems with the inquest than you want because they clearly are keeping track of it. And if you start breaking their stuff, then they're going to be pretty unhappy because they're not super cheap, these sorts of listening devices that create long lines. They're they're not crazy expensive, but it's, you know, it, there's an investment there that they've clearly invested in as far as security goes. So it would probably be more trouble than it's worth to actually break down this this wall of of surveillance equipment. Okay, but that gives me an idea. Okay. Of before we go through the portal, 
because these devices are here, going through and like having this activated is probably going to get their attention. So I want to set up a little device on the north side of the portal that will let me know if anyone comes into the area once we're not there. Okay, uh, go ahead, and I will let you tinker this. And in this case, I will let you use mental finesse, since you're basically on the fly MacGyvering something, and use engineering, your engineer, with advantage. So the three from the stat, the rank, and then one more for advantage? Uh, not what, No, the rank gives you the advantage. So it should be, I think, four. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, so you set up a device. It looks like it's going to work pretty well. Um, you get a few beeps from it, and so you're, you, it communicates with uh, with whatever uh, Magitech data pad that you have, and it's it's sort of like a replication of one of their devices, but uh, and it seems to work perfectly fine to you with within the within your tests that you run before it gets started. And then as you're finishing that up, you hear Miriam shout, all right, we're ready. And Hubert does a portally thing and he communicates with Miriam and a portal bursts open and it is a nice glimmering, shimmering portal that you guys can all walk in and will yourselves through. Although I suggest that you use the mini first. I'm just going to grab the mini and chuck it into the portal. <laughs> All right. So the mini hits the portal. There's a magical bloop of uh, it's, you know how, when you throw a stone into a pool of water, imagine if it did that, except it's a, there's a burst of, instead of water coming out, there's a burst of, so most mesmers use butterflies spirit. What does Hubert have as his sort of like just intrinsic intrinsic passive effect that occurs? <laughs> Please just have it be his head. <laughs> Not feathers. Okay, there's a yeah, burst of feathers. purple, pinkish, mystical feathers that erupt out of the chaos magic that is the portal, and uh and the mini goes in. And you guys wait a few seconds. Anyone turn the mini on? <laughs> Roll mental finesse, Evie. Uh, the was, question is, did I we would turn say, it off? No, I would say yes, we turned it on because it would it would have been in my inventory, yeah. and I would it's it's in my inventory on my sheet, so I would have been taking mm. out and turning it on. And Evie would have grabbed okay. it out of my. So hands then, a few it. seconds later, it wanders back. It looks fine. It does a little uh, circle dance and uh, seems to be good. All right, let's go. Just jump into it and cannonball. Okay, so Evie disappears in a burst I'm of gonna... feathers. <laughs> I'm going to scoop up the Doliac and sort of dust him off because I'm quite fond of it and then tuck him back away in my bag safely. All right. How, is everyone else? Miriam what, looks at Evie and then she walks out onto the portal because that's how the portal works. You walk onto it and then you're supposed to teleport. Evie is clearly doing it in a non-standard manner and she disappears in a <laughs> poof of feathers as well. 
Yes. He's going to do one of those things where he's going to like, he's going to be on the other side and all of a sudden he's going to be like horizontal to the floor. Just... <laughs> Pretty much. When you guys come through, I'm just going to be like <laughs> on my face, completely sprawled down. I was like, ow. <laughs> all right. So are all of you just going to go through the portal in the traditional manner of portaling? Yeah, yeah. I think so. Yeah. All right, so you all stand on yes. the portal. You look around and you say, "And uh, can I have a mixture of butterflies and feathers?" Uh, you didn't make the portal, so unfortunately, <laughs> I mean, you can create butterflies from yourself if you want. Like I feel I need just to. before you teleport, you send a stream of butterflies out. Uh, what do you say as you're the last one to disappear, Alum? Hope I don't die. I have not this has been another episode of Relics of Ore. If you want to get in touch with us, you can check out our website and forums at relicsofore.com, email us at relicsofore at gmail.com, or find us on your favorite social media site just by searching Relics of ORR. If you'd like to join us in game, you can send a whisper or in game mail to Spiritface, or drop us a note on Twitter or our website and say hi. Lastly, if you listen to the podcast on iTunes, feel free to leave us a comment and the rating you feel we deserve. 